Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw, and for the second time today, you guys are so lucky. I'm joined by Gibson Piper, uh, just just flat out, uh, one of the better basketball minds in the country, a former consultant for the Dallas Mavericks, um, consultant for the Michigan Wolverines, um, to continue to discuss uh, how the New York Knicks have fixed their defense, Tom Thibodeau's scheme in depth, and also some tricks he would suggest for the Knicks to spice up their offense, all that and more. Right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. I want to thank you for being Locked On Knicks. Your first listen today and every day we are now available on all platforms. That includes on YouTube. So if you haven't already, go check us out there. See our smiling faces, throw us a subscription, throw us a like, throw us a comment, all that good stuff. But who's talking to you? I am Gavin Shaw, a play-by-play broadcaster. If you're watching on YouTube, I just it just occurred to me, I forgot to put up my little graphic. There you go. Now you can see it. Gavin Shaw, you can follow along on Twitter at LockedOnNicks. Your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. He is Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the greatest Knicks website out there, but he is not here right now. Um, instead... I am joined by Gibson Piper, uh, as I mentioned in in the little teaser, uh, the man behind Half Court Hoops on Twitter. So go throw him a follow at Half Court Hoops. Um, If you missed our part one, I I would say circle back and check that out. But he put out a fantastic video called These Two Players Are the Key to the New York to the Knicks, excuse me, winning streak. Um, So certainly go check that on YouTube. But first, uh, enjoy my chat with Gibson, where we continue to dive deep uh, on the solutions the Knicks have found defensively, uh, Tom Thibodeau's scheme, um, their ultimate ceiling defensively, and so much more right now on Locked on Knicks. Right, and then Emmanuel quickly, I noted earlier, I mean, there, there are stats that paint him as one of the most impactful defenders in the NBA. I, I, I think he is absolutely elite off the ball. I mean, even, even last night, he just got three steals just kind of off anticipating like where a pass was going to go and, and, and running it and, and doing his best Ed Reed impersonation and intercepting it. Um, on the ball, obviously, he has some issues against bigger and stronger guys, even though he's put on some weight and he's put on some muscle. How does he fit into the mix? Because as Deuce and uh, Grimes have have made such an impact, those guys have been the bigger names. And it it almost feels like IQ is is maybe not getting the credit he deserves. And and it feels like such a relevant conversation right now with the rumors that the Knicks might be willing to move off of him. Yeah, I didn't, he didn't stand out that much on film to me. If I'm just being honest, like yeah. when I, when I watched the film, it wasn't like, Oh man, like quickly's doing like a lot of really good things. He is a, I think he's an average, completely fine defender, right? Like I don't, I don't, I don't think he does anything in particularly great when I watched, when I watched the film at least. And for reference, I only, I think I watched the last 12 games. So I haven't like studied every game this season. Um, but when I watched, it was just like, okay, he like, he's, he's usually in the right position, you know, his, his active hands, he's pretty quick. Um, but he didn't really do anything that would make me go like, man, he's one of the best guard defenders in the league, you know, mm-hmm. like that, that kind of thing. Um, mainly because like, if you had like a Drew holiday on him, like Drew's just going to walk him down to the post, walk him down to the lane. And just, he just struggles in that scenario. Um, but I will say 
you know, like he's come up in, in a lot of the, these, you know, trade rumors and, and everything, uh, I, which I think is insane to just like throw him in. Like he's a good young guard. Like I don't, I don't get that. Um, I think he would, is a very good uh, second unit core defender that should be a part of long-term plans, but I don't think he would necessarily is like an above average or a standout defender in my opinion. Yeah, I, I do think there it, it, it feels weird to say this because obviously his numbers stood out even more when when there weren't other good defenders really playing a whole lot for the Knicks. But I, I do think both offensively and, and defensively, there, there's a certain exponential effect to having him Grimes induced together just because of how communicative they are defensively. And I, I think right at the beginning of the video you did, you were talking about old Tibbs teams and you and you showed a clip of I can't remember it was either the Bulls or Celtics in transition, but just kind of calling out where everyone was supposed to go. And I remember I read. I think it was in uh, the Knicks film school newsletter, but a- an article like two days before where they, they had a clip of, of exactly that same thing happening with quickly kind of directing Grimes and directing Deuce. And, and there is, I mean, it, it kind of, kind of gets to your point on Randall on both ends of the floor. There's something contagious about effort. Um, and I think we're, we're seeing that in, in spades right now. And, and one guy's yelling, like everyone wants to yell, everyone wants to call up the screen. Everyone wants to jump up and, and be the one who makes the stop and be the hero. And, and, and right now they have so much momentum because of it. So we, we kind of started on him. I think we can end on him um, in terms of individual guys. Julius Randle, um, obviously it's, it's a lot of focus. It's a lot of effort, but y- you just see some possessions where it, it kind of clicks for you. Like, all right, when he's really engaged and it, it's a switch situation, he's so he's, he's borderline special as a defender. Like he, like the job he did not, not that it was for a sustained amount of time, but there were, there were moments where he was guarding Luka Doncic in that Dallas game. I was like, and Luka was kind of like, all right, this guy's like, as big, stronger than me, and pretty quick, and <laughs> like not really biting on anything that I'm doing. And and I, I think I'm sure maybe you had the same takeaway from watching a dozen games. Like you, you just wish it could happen from play to play, game to game. But w- what do you think is, is is the key to his renewed consistency and, and his renewed um, positive effect on the Knicks defense? Yeah, I mean, he was pretty awful at times <laughs> when I when I started. I was like, wow, like I couldn't believe some of the stuff that was happening, and like. You know, you talk about being able to switch onto Luca and stuff. It's all just engagement for him. I mean, he's been in the league long enough. This is his what third year under Tibbs. Yeah. So like he 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 knows the system. He knows what to do. He knows where to be. He's got a, a good defensive instincts. He's got good length. And I think he's he's pretty quick. You know, right now, and you would just watch him switch in like the Portland game, and then just stand there. Like he would just stand there at the elbow and his guy would like, he switched on a Nurkic who where's Nurkic going to go. Like he's not a pick and pop threat. Where's he going to go? He's going to go to the basket. He's going to try to post you up or just cut. So they switch Simon's drives and he just walks right behind Randall. They throw the ball to post in the sun's game and they just walk behind Craig just walks right behind Randall to the basket. I mean, it was just like, it was James Harden level of focus at times. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not good. <laughs> at all like you can't you can't be in the same conversation as uh the james harden defense like it just is never good and so you know you you watch that you're like if he just tried like if he just gave half an effort they would be completely fine in these scenarios just stay with your man like don't lose don't lose your man off the ball it's that simple and and then (laughs) you watch that and then slowly he was getting better like the mavericks game he was getting better um you know like you said switch on a luca which was was pretty impressive but luca's also not the the quick twitch guy who's going to attack you, you know, one-on-one and, yeah, and, blow by and you. yeah, he's not John Morant, right? He's not going to, you know, blow by you like that. Uh, Luke is methodical. He's going to take you down and, and try to get to his spots and, and use his length and his size. Um, so that makes sense that he would switch onto a player kind of like Luca, but 
the the problem arises with him where he he tends to uh because i think he thinks of himself as the offensive focal point which we can get to and he may or may not be or should or shouldn't be depending on who you're asking um and he's certainly had a fantastic stretch here these last five six games but because those those guys tend to take deep more defensive possessions off because they want they're they're more focused on offense or have an offensive load if you will um i think that's where he gets into trouble Whereas if he just if he thought of himself as a extremely above average player or a borderline all star player, he could be one of the better two way fours in the league. Right. Like he could he could be a really good defensive player and a really good offensive player instead of being an elite offensive player and a really poor defense. You know, he's got to find the balance of those two. Uh, and that, I think, will take the Knicks to another level, which they are currently not. At. All right, guys, we'll be back in just a sec to continue uh, our conversation with Gibson. Uh, we're going to get into Tibbs' scheme. Uh, what, what are some of the weaknesses? What are the strengths? And how is it being executed better? But first, Turo is the world's largest car-sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want, whatever you want it, from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget across the U.S., U.K., Canada, and Australia. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. Get a classic or luxury car for a special event, birthday, or holiday. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. Test drive the new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits into your everyday life. Many tour hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. To get boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Yeah, and I, it, it, was, it was funny. Last night we were talking about, all right, five-game winning streak. How sustainable is this? And we're like, you know, if Julius just kind of keeps playing how he's playing, like it feels it feels pretty realistic. And I, I guess that, that's how I want to wrap up this defensive conversation. Um, how, how good do you think this team ultimately is on that end of the floor? They're all the way up to 12th. We noted it last five games, number one defense in the NBA. Do you think that? tops out is like a top eight defense top nine do you think it evens out in the closer to average like, like where does this all end up for the new york knicks this season yeah you know i think i think they'll continue to improve um because they're still like there's still communication errors on the court from even just having grimes and mcbride and just kind of the, the the rotation changes right so you're gonna have some some communication issues and just some some new players learning each other and things like that um their their the line the starting lineup right now uh would rank as i think the ninth or tenth best defense in the nba and i think that's probably the the highest point they could get in my opinion it's probably like a borderline top 10 maybe a top eight and sneak in there but i don't know against the best teams they they don't really they haven't proven at least to me the best teams at their peak that they could stop them like can they stop the the bucks can they stop the 76ers you know can they stop the celtics and right now i think the answer is no i don't think they have a chance to stop them because of the lack of flexibility right so like if you if you play the celtics right now the best way to stop them is to switch everything and overhelp hmm. that's like the 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 number one way to, to stop their five out because if you make tatum and brown stagnant isolation players that they're not a good offense like that's just what just what happens and the the Knicks right now cannot switch everything, and they cannot even switch one through four at times because I don't think 
Randall has been as focused, but if they switch one through four, they're just walk quickly or McBride or someone down in the post. It just creates a lot of, a lot of extra problems. And so when you look at the flexibility of like Joel Embiid, right? Like he's, he's a monster. Giannis, he's a monster. So it's like you're looking at, you know, the one through four, five teams in the East. It's like, you know, they had a good game against Cleveland who shot probably the worst I've ever seen the Cavs shoot this season which maybe that defense system is predicated on overhelping and, and live with that variance. But I still think Cleveland, in a, in especially in a playoff series, is a much harder matchup that the Knicks don't have a lot of answers for. You know, So I think top 10, top 8 is like the peak, and I've kind of thought about it more and more. But at the end of the day, it's a Tibbs defense. He's a great coach. They, those teams typically get better as the years go along. If they Maybe they make a trade and, and they get, you know, a, a, they – and the only way I would say trading quickly would be advantageous is, is if they brought in a veteran presence, a couple, maybe a couple of veteran pieces that are off the bench that are just going to be good rotation players on defense, right? Like the Warriors off the bench last year had three good players, Porter Jr., Bialicia, and Gary Payton II, who are all good rotation defensive players. Like, like Porter Jr. isn't a great defensive player, a great athlete. He just knows where to be. Like he mm. just knows, hey, I got to be in this position at this time. Don't screw up. And that sometimes is more important than having a youth or a potential player, maybe like Cam Reddish, where you maybe he can improve into a defensive player. Sure. But if you're trying, you know, and, and if the franchise seems like it cares about making the playoffs and maybe winning a round, it makes maybe more important to have two or three veteran pieces off the bench who know how to make a defensive rotation, who are going to move the ball on offense and just be very solid versus flashing potential. Yeah, I think in a way it's almost discouraging that Grimes and Deuce are, are clear-cut the two best defenders because nominally they'd have the most room for improvement, right? You're talking about two guys who have played less than half an NBA season um, in, in terms of total games at this point. And you almost wonder how much better they can be because there's already such a high level of savvy, of aggressiveness, of physicality, of good hands, like, like how much can they improve? And, and the Knicks, I, I think what you were getting at is, is they're missing that destroyer defensively, right? I mean, you, you reference Giannis Embiid, like the, the name Knicks fans have bandied about in, in a dream scenario, they could get OG Ananobi. And who, who knows with what's happening in Toronto? I, I doubt he's the guy that they would want to move off of. But I, I think finding that elite, bigger wing. I mean, I know even in the past, when we talked about Grimes, like people would say, the only thing he's missing is he, he's 6'5 and not 6'8. And, and if he was 6'8, like he, he could be that type of guy. And maybe in, in next year's draft that it, that is super deep, that has all these great wings, that'll be the spot the Knicks target and, and, and look to fix. But Gibson, before I let you go, I want, I want to flip to the other side of the ball because last night um, it initially looked like just another fantastic performance for the New York Knicks with Julius Randle dropping 15 points in the first quarter, Jalen Brunson dropping 10 in the second quarter. Um, they, they started off something like 15 to 27 from three and, and we're just bulldozing their way through the Bulls. Um, fourth quarter, it felt like a real regression to a lot of bad habits. And it, while this recent stretch has been a flashback in a good way to the Randall of two seasons ago, it turned into a flashback in a bad way where the offense became very stagnant. And it was a lot of like, all right, Julius make something happen. And I, I think we, we got a pretty clear look in overtime. If you're going to be that simplistic, it's you're much better off having the ball in Jalen Brunson's hands, no matter how well. Julius Randle is shooting it, but what have you made of the Knicks offense from a schematic perspective this year where the most often criticism of Tibbs is that he's, he's overly simplistic on that side of the ball? And, and what do you think they can continue to do to put the personnel in the best position to have success on offense? 
Yeah, it, Tibbs' offenses have always been simple. Like they mm-hmm. just if if you're typically speaking, if you're a very good defensive team, you're not going to be an extremely creative offensive team. You know, like you, you can only really focus on one side of the ball uh, to be like elite, elite at. Can Can and, I ask? Is that just because of practice time in the NBA? Yeah, that not really being a thing. Yeah, yeah, and okay. and also because teams this this past two or three seasons have gone to switching more. Mm-hmm. I mean, switching almost everything at times. It be it 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 may it may seem like you're more simplistic than you actually are, right? So you the Knicks may run an action or two to start the possession, but if it gets switched, it's like, well, what do you rely on, right? You beat switches by creative sets, usually after timeouts. Uh, you know, ball movement, player movement, which the Knicks aren't going to ever be good at just with the players they have right now and uh basically one-on-one play like those are like the three common ways you attack switching and so it's like well if teams are going to switch actions you got to go to where you think your best avenue of attack is and a lot of that is player decisions on the court it's not necessarily tips right so like when you're when you're playing in the flow like you can call out plays and you can run actions but at the end of the day 24 seconds go by very quickly and the players have to make quick decisions and quick reactions. Right. And so, you know, it can, it can get stagnant and, and, you know, Randall's game is kind of predicated on a little bit of that. ISO stagnant. Let me, let me, let me get the ball. Let me figure it out. Kind of thing. The, the problem to me with it isn't necessarily the, the ISO Randall or, 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 you know, Jalen Brunson pick and roll, you can do whatever you want. And there's a lot of ways you can, you can find ways to score on offense or not score in some cases. The problem is playing through Randall in particular with that stagnation. He, he isn't going to create like, especially this year, his, his assist to usage is way down compared to where it was. And his turnovers are up compared to where they were. Uh, compared to like the, the percentile rankings, right? So his assisted usage, he's in the 52nd percentile, turnover percentage in 26th percentile. So it's like you have a lot of usage for Randall, not a lot of playmaking and more turnovers than than you want. So it's like that's usually not a recipe if the shots aren't going in. That's just it's going to be a failure right now. So to me, I would I would love to see um them play more through Brunson at times you know just me personally I think Brunson is the uh better overall decision maker I think he can set up players more I would like to see a little more side to side movement you know like like we talk about maybe uh maybe getting Julius Randle off a handoff from a guard on a second side action and then maybe he can attack her and if that Mm -hmm. fails you know going to one-on-one play so I would have to study it way more in depth you know, just, just off the top of my head right now, because I haven't focused as hardly on the offense as I had the defense. But I do think that, like, if Julius Randle made some of the shots last night, I don't know who would be having this conversation. You know, yeah. so, like, if the shots go in, it's a different conversation. All right, guys, we're going to wrap this one up with Gibson by talking about the New York Knicks offense and what Tom Thibodeau could do to be a little bit more creative on that side of the ball. But you already know what's coming up next if you're watching on YouTube. It's betonline.net, your number one source. For sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis, get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. And if you want to start tonight, 
Uh, I'm taking the New York Knicks minus four and a half over the Golden State Warriors. And it is a sure thing because the Knicks over the last 10 games have been the second best team in basketball. Golden State without Steph Curry, not so much. So go make some money. I bet online with me. Yeah, and I, I guess my only counter argument there is I, I just think Jalen Brunson is a better tough shot maker yeah. than Julius Randle. And he's he's honestly, he's from what I've seen, one of the best in the NBA at that. And and I, I get the idea, like in an end of game situation, you want to go to the player with more size, like less of a chance of having their shot blocked. But he, he is just a wizard at, at finding little crevices and, and, and pumping and, and stepping through and hitting like a, a leaning 10 footer that really no one else on the team has any business taking, much less making. And, and he seems to to hit them with regularity and with Julius to your point, it's just, I mean, that, that is his game, but it's just so methodical. And, and it's a lot of like, even when it's successful, it doesn't seem very repeatable where he is, is triple teamed and he's, he's just barely getting the ball out of his hands before it's knocked away out to Quentin Grimes, who hits a three off the front of the rim and, and then in, and you're like, all right, I guess, I guess that worked. I don't, I don't know if that's going to work every single time. So I, I just think that the, the speed of, of processing with Brunson, um, and his ability to create space is just a little bit better. And then I guess the only other complaint I have in mind, and I don't know if this is something you've seen, I'm just watching the film on them, is, and this isn't to be clear, like something I've noticed throughout the year, but against the Bulls, um, all, all the actions they were having with those two um, inherently, I guess, because you're taking your two best players and running actions, like we're going against the Bulls' best defenders. And I, I was kind of wondering, like, all right, is there a world where you bring Grimes up to screen or, or quickly up to screen and, and you try and get Randall on someone who isn't Alex Caruso and Brunson on someone who isn't, Patrick Williams like is, is that a possibility where they could get more offense yeah and it's it's all situational right yeah. so like you know if if in a perfect world yeah it'd be nice to get the best defenders off your best players but mm -hmm. the goal of defense is to not let you do that so so it's like uh you know it the best teams and, and the best players like Luca would go get try to get somebody switched off off of him and then go run another second action with another weaker defender right Whereas if you're running everything through Randall, you know, and let's say you run a Grimes pick and roll with, with Randall, right. Yeah. His defender's probably going to hedge, right. Mm. So he probably isn't going to switch that action. So are you taking more time trying to hunt the mismatch versus running, keeping the ball in the hands of your two best players or, you know, like, where's that balance? I think personally, yeah, I would love to run uh, maybe two or three actions beforehand, see how they guard it. If they switch that, then you get into the, the, the Randall, uh, Brunson ball screen action sure but it's also you're taking you know let's say Brunson passes the ball the ball gets swung and Randall and Brunson are on this side and you're trying to get it back to them they're denied right and then they got to work for the yeah. ball extra and then there's eight seconds left or five seconds left and it's, it's almost like panic mode versus keeping it in the hands of your two best players and allowing them to make reads and make plays right so that's that's like the balance of now personally I hate the throw the ball iso and play but it's the NBA I understand it I hate running. I would never run that in my offense I, in high school. Would never do that. It was super annoying. I would always make sure we got got our best. We got our best player the best look off our best action, right? Mm -hmm. So whether that's a, a pin down or, or, or a handoff, ball screen, whatever they like to do, right? Like I coached Trey Murphy in high school. Empty side ball screen was his favorite action. We ran that every time we need a basket, right? Like I know we screen down for him. We get him the ball. We run an empty side ball screen action and let him go, right? But it wasn't like throw the ball to the elbow. Hopefully you make a play. NBA guys are skilled enough, and 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 I understand the the process behind it. I personally don't like it. Yeah, and I think in Tibbs' defense, I I would say I, I test wise, this is the most creativity he's put into the offense. I mean, even even to your point 
on Randall, he had Randall run kind of like a, a like a ghost DHO or like QB keeper, whatever you want to call it, where he just fake the handoff, spun around it, and he got a wide open layup off it. And I think just when you when you see those moments, so you see they had like this this kind of cool like double screen for Jericho Sims to get a lob, and you're like, and and, and I, I get that that's not feasible every play because defenses catch up and a playbook is only so big, and you only have so many times to make the call, and your players only probably want to run stuff like that so many total times. But I, I think if they just continue to lean more in that direction and, and look, despite on paper, like you, you could, you could go across the league and say, all right, how many teams does the Knicks have like, like their best offensive player versus the other team's best offensive player. And like you, whether it's Brunson or Randall, you probably put them in the bottom five, six or seven. And despite that they're 13th in the NBA in offense. So obviously something is going right there. Um, and someone like RJ Barrett, who's starting to find a rhythm when he was just atrocious to start the season. I, I think I'm, I'm optimistic about the direction that it's headed overall, but Gibson, I, I've taken up a ton of your time. Um, I really appreciate all of it. I, I know I feel like I've learned a lot. I'm sure everyone who listened feels like they've learned a ton, but before I let you go, can you tell everyone uh, one more time where they can find all your work? Yeah, for sure. So half court hoops on Twitter and on YouTube, those are my main kind of like updating where I put a lot mm -hmm. of content. Um, I have a membership website, the basketball playbook, uh, where I basically build it for coaches, where if you want to learn more about, you know, NBA concepts and things like that, um, I have 500 playbooks on there from everybody I've dissected over the past, you know, 10 seasons. Uh, and then I've also got a learn basketball course with Ben Falk from Clean the Glass, mm -hmm. uh, where if, if you want to learn kind of like what we're talking about, where I, I go more in depth than we talk about the advanced scheme, starting from very basics all the way to advanced, that's at learn basketball. Uh, dot com. So basically every resources from free to paid, you know, wherever people want to learn from is, is, is my goal. Yeah. And I, I can say that, I mean, not just this next video, the YouTube channel blowing up. I mean, I, I just saw in a John Hollinger article the other day. So uh, people are, are definitely appreciating the work, but, but Gibson, thanks so much for the time. And we'll talk to you all soon. Uh, I'm locked on next.